The views expressed on the patient's perspective come directly from patients, so they are not intended to diagnose, treat, or replace professional medical advice. Information coming from the patient's perspective is for entertainment and educational purposes only. So if you have any health concerns regarding yourself or anyone else, please see a physician. The Patient's Perspective is a podcast created by patients for patients and does not focus on any specific disease or condition. Content may make you laugh, cry, and question your moral beliefs surrounding healthcare and the many issues patients run into while in the system. Finally, the most important point of view is cast into the light. The Patient's Perspective. On today's episode of The Patient's Perspective, Mangled Mondays, two co-hosts chat about mental health and physical illness. Hi, everyone. So for today's episode, um, I am sitting here with my co-host for Mangled Mondays, uh, which is Candice. Hi, everybody. Um, (laughs) And Candice, you spoke with me a little while ago about the fact that you wanted to do a podcast particularly focusing in on um mental health and um the physical body although we agreed that that's like an endless discussion so I'm just going to let you take uh over from here and uh kind of explain to the listeners what you wanted to chat about today yeah thanks Kyla um so as Kyla said it's it's an endless topic mental health and physical wellness and even just mental health in and of itself so I thought it fitting for mangled Mondays because the way that Kyla and I kind of work mangled Mondays is like we're just there's no notes we discuss a little bit ahead of time what we're going to talk about and then we just go at it and I felt like this is a really good jumping off point um, as far as the patient's perspective And me being a patient, I can talk about my experience today, Kyla can talk about hers, and then maybe we can hear from some of you down in the future and um, see what the direction this stuff takes us in. Personally, I chose the topic because for me, having multiple illnesses, um, some of them progressive and incurable, Oftentimes, dealing with healthcare, it was a very separate thing mental well being and physical health. And it still is, I think, in a lot of our systems. So, but what, I th- the, what I'm learning is that a more holistic, whole health kind of approach is working for me. And throughout the pandemic, I'm a little emotional here. It was an introspective time. There was a lot of solidarity. So having to look inward was actually a bit of a blessing for someone like me who has struggled independently with different mental health issues um, 
and possible diagnoses and not understanding who the authority is and all kinds of things to coming to the fact that I'm the real authority of myself and my inner healing has to come from me. So that was all just because I discovered a book. Okay. I was listening to a podcast by somebody who is very engaging and pretty popular, Russell Brand. He mentioned um, he had a guru, Dr. Gabor Mate, over in Canada. Well, I looked him up on Audible and there was a book. It was called When the Body Says No, The Hidden Cost of Stress. And what that book did for me, I listened to it in audio and it told stories of people's past lives, maybe personal traumas, maybe neurological mental health issues leading to then possible disease activity in the body. And one of the first things mentioned was MS. And that's one of the main things that I suffer from. So that's what started my journey on trying to figure out how mental health and whole health stuff meshed. And again, it's a topic that can go in any direction. So I want to give Kyla back the floor here and just let her maybe ask questions around or or give some of her story. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) Um, So thank you, Candice. I mean, I've mentioned when the body says no on a previous podcast, although I didn't uh, remember the author's name. It's kicking around somewhere in my house. Um, Jess and I, another co-host got into the subject about the fact that more and more research shows, and I, I, I mean, he wrote it. Oh, I think that book was written over a decade ago. Was it not? Yes. It it was in and around over a decade ago, and it just new research is starting to come out in terms of like epigenetics, um, how our experiences kind of imprint into our our DNA, which um, then goes along to affect generations afterwards. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not pliable. And that's, I think, the one of the, the biggest takeaways from all of this is that the research shows that it's not, there's certain aspects of your DNA that is, and this is where we need an actual um, uh, doctor, genetic doctor in here talking about this but in more simplified, you know, term, terminology for listeners. There's certain parts of your DNA that cannot be changed. Like, you know, whatever you got, so like your brown hair, your eye color, that sort of stuff. But in terms of the um, other aspects, they're finding that that's malleable to a certain extent. So even if you've had large amounts of trauma in your past, that doesn't mean that you're destitute for this life of failure or disease, but you do have to be aware of it so that you can um, manage it and you can't change those around and they can actually, you can actually change part of your genetics. That's what epigenetics is. So you can change it to a certain extent and veer your descendants maybe away from what occurred in the generations before is the best way to describe it. We really need a geneticist. <laughs> right. And, so. and I mean, a lot of people have heard about intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, and that's just a starting off point. That's just what you're born with. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot, right. A lot of components. But I, I think what Dr. Matei was getting at in his, um, in his writings was that even though our own personal experiences differ, it's, it's kind of like we all have this bucket and when our bucket starts to overflow, well, then things start to break down. It, mm-hmm. It's like, or, or it, the analogy of we only have certain, a certain amount of oil in our engine and every stress that we take on is kind of like a grid of sand, right? And what happens when the lubrication is all gone in the engine? Yeah, no, I mean, right. in that book, I mean, if I, I read it literally like 10 years ago, but I do remember it quite um, clearly, some of the stories and some of the stories like touched on the fact that there was um, maybe spousal abuse or physical abuse in previous relationships, um, stuff like that, um, taking on too much, never saying no, you know, yeah, and, and I let's said, talk about good stress too, right? Yeah. Exciting life events um planning a wedding even even the good stuff that the eat working enjoying the work that you're doing all of that is stress on the brain and and then we don't we don't as a society i think and i think this is part of where where things start to get really gunked up is we don't talk about it enough we don't start early enough and we don't do enough. So you when, and I oh go on. When when someone starts when somebody is struggling with mental health, we have all this old stigma. Now that is starting to come, it's starting to fall a little bit more by wayside, but it's not gone. And the fear of stigma is still very much real. The fear of sharing vulnerability is is it's very hard to be vulnerable. So then, then do we seek help? When do we seek help? Can we recognize in our children that maybe, maybe they have some, some stress going on that's going to affect them into their growth and their future? It's, it's so very broad that, I mean, you know, and when we talk about traumas, I mean, those aren't the only things, but traumas, I mean, traumas, what they do to our physical being, especially if we have to hide them away. Mm -hmm. Hiding them. I find that hiding them makes my mental health worse. Absolutely. You know, and that's why the podcast for me and, and almost everybody now that has been on the podcast has said, you know what, I feel really good afterwards. And, um, there's something about keeping secrets or, or hiding yourself that really damages people mentally. And so, again, we, we've already have said so much, we could go off in <laughs> tons of directions. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I was going to say earlier was the fact that in terms of children, um, there's this humongous double standard that we are living in in society. And the double standard is the fact that we are fully aware that the generations 
um, after me. And this is why mental health is actually coming more to the, the forefront of society. And the reason why it's becoming more accepted is because we're at a point where it's almost imploding. And it's almost imploding because, again, we pushed it down. You didn't talk about it all the other generations before and then things like the pandemic occurred the internet where we know that there i mean we already spoke about well, actually that podcast drops drops today <laughs> uh, that, that drops in like 30 minutes um i have it already set up oh actually no it just dropped three minutes ago um i should check to make sure that it did and about the some of the positive aspects in terms of the internet but the internet has a wide variety of negative aspects and we haven't had that discussion yet particularly on young people who have grown up with it their entire life um perfectionism the constant mm. perfectionism in terms of appearances i mean i re i and i was guilty of it too taking pictures and shit of our food like what was that all about thank god that's oh, over <laughs> oh no oh huge... not for me oh. <laughs> i love food porn <laughs> there was a there, but there was a there was a stage about 10 15 years ago yeah where you would open up your facebook and half of the pictures would be of somebody's dinner like it would right. and of course it was all placed nicely and look at what <laughs> i made and and that comes to that human doings versus human right. beings like we we have to show that we're doing something you know, and, and it has to be perfect. And, I mean, and, and so to sit there and to have the balls to ask why these other generations below us or coming after us have such high mental health problems, that is a double standard. We created that in many ways. The generations before us created that because back then if you had a alcoholic husband or or there were transgressions or whatever you didn't talk about anything you just put a pretty smile on your face and and walk out the door in your poodle skirt you know that mm -hmm. was that was just the way that but in reality that's not the way that the world was right so that's why mental health is becoming more to the forefront of society is because we are being forced now to look at it because of the fact that it is getting so bad. And for myself, this is why I personally allow my kids and myself mental health days. Mm -hmm. We've had mornings that have just, it has been a shit show from the time I have woken up, nothing's going correctly, and I'll just call the school and be like, we're either going to be late or we're going to be out today. Oh, my. I've gotten calls, right, hmm. from the school attendance counselor or social worker or truancy officer or somebody like that calling me saying, we're seeing a lot of absences, and um, we're just wondering if everything is okay at home. and. You know, and I'm going, yeah, these are all parent approved days. You know, I took my kid for a bike ride that day. Like <laughs> it's mental health days. I think, um, you know, here, especially in North America, right? We are human doings and that's all we do. We do, 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 do. And the biggest question is, what do you do? And for someone like me who has to rely on social assistance to get by, because I cannot work 
a job enough, or at least I didn't think I could work a job enough to have gainful employment. It's looking different now with the advent of the internet. And thank goodness we spoke about that a few weeks ago and it's dropped today. Yes, that's pretty cool. But the pressure of having to do versus just be is part of why everybody's breaking. And then, and then we don't talk about the people who are already broken. We just kind of sweep them under the rug and, and wonder why they got there and say they made the choice. Well, I think, I think there's a lot more going on. And I think that's why this is a topic that's never going to end. But I think it's a topic that we all need to talk about. And though it's coming to the forefront in people's social media and in people's voices, I don't think it's moving as fast within healthcare systems. And so there, therein lies a big issue. They are and then super behind. There's so many yeah. other issues like socioeconomic status. And I mentioned having to rely on, on social assistance. Well, my social assistance doesn't cover psychology mm-hmm. or therapy or private care of any kind whereas if you have some money you just you just go to a therapy program and and you come out feeling a little better and and then you have some tools and and life life gets a little easier well some people they grow up feeling like like their only normal is what society sees as abnormal so how you know Things just need to change in the workings, not just the language, not just the optics, right? The workings of how the things. So let's talk about that. Part of the problem, though, why society sees it as abnormal is the fact that people don't talk about what's actually going on in their lives. So the and that, again, creates this pressure. But yet most of us know deep down inside meant like people don't realize this. Many psychologists actually have horrible relationships at home. And you would never think that knowing because of their career and, um, you know, their expertise. But, um, you know, number one, it's irritating to, to have somebody analyze you all day long in a relationship. I mean, I certainly would get sick and tired of that if I was in a relationship with somebody constantly analyzing me all the time. Um, and so, so the bottom line is it, having knowledge doesn't necessarily make your life any easier. And again, those professionals feel like they have to push that down because then there is um, economic consequences if they were going to come out and talk about it, right? So it's, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's society has created a lot of these issues just due to the fact um, of embarrassment, right? And then now you have other people such as, let's just get out of the way and talk about this, in terms of sextortion that's now increasing around the world right now with teenage boys and particularly hackers or these criminals are now capitalizing on that and they're capitalizing on the embarrassment they're capitalizing on the fact that nobody wants to talk about these issues they're capitalizing on um uh like basically they're they're hacking people's psychology is what they're yeah. using and they're now using that to their advantage and so 
if we don't start standing up and talking about what is actually really happening in the world behind the scenes, mental health wise, sexual wise, whatever. Yeah. So man is the next generation of trouble. Yeah. And I mean, so I asked my kid one time, what is the worst parenting mistake that I have ever made? Because I trust her insight. Okay. What she said to me floored me and she couldn't have been more right. I thought she was going to say something like the time I let her ride her scooter down the underpass by the highway (laughs) that could have been a little bit dangerous. However, her response was giving me a phone at nine years old. She said, now I understand why you had to do it because I was walking back and forth to school. She said, but As soon as I got my hands on the internet, that's when everything changed. You know, so, and I'd like to talk about the fact that in our medical systems, at least here in Canada, and and specifically in my own province of Ontario, I can't speak to anybody else's, right? We all have different systems, but there's very little resources, there's very little and they there's a lot of ad campaigns and a lot of um what i've been calling for years smoke and mirrors right we have all these supports we have all these resources but when you go to access these resources in the communities the wait lists are two two and a half years long it's few and far between unless you can access private care we're in crisis here and if we're dealing with this I was told one time um, by a children's mental health professional that children's mental health, there's this running joke, and I don't think it's very funny, that children's mental health is the orphan's orphan. Now, I had a mental health professional tell me one time that I looked like a smart girl, and here's why I wasn't getting the help that I needed, and he drew me a pie chart. And he said, oncology, they're very sexy. They get this piece of the pie. And he's talking about where the money goes, right? Then we have oncology. And here's urology. And here's cardiology. And these are all very, very appealing things. And then he drew me a little line with a squiggle down. And he says this here on the chart. He says, this is mental health. And people are homeless. People are dying, like people are dying, people are addicts. And I said, stop right there. I said, I know you're trying to prove a point, but you just proved to me why I'm sitting here begging you for help. I was asking for a referral to a mood and anxiety program where I could get some help. As an adult, it was that hard having to know that I have things going on that I need help navigating, let alone a child and a parent that might not have had their own experiences in the mental health care system to fight as hard as I've had to fight to find help within communities. Now, I know that 
it's a big deal because if we don't if we don't help our children what comes of 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 future generations that's what i mean if we're too embarrassed to talk about um the way the world is we can't do anything for the kids and this is why you know this podcast talks about things a lot of the times and that's why we've come up with separate days such as tough talk tuesdays or mangled mondays because if you don't want to listen to these things you can avoid them on particular days if you don't like it um the but you know i'm i'm not going to coddle people's feelings on either which side because this is incredibly serious not just for kids that i know or adults that i know for the next generations like like we I, I don't think people stop and realize how serious um of a situation we are in right now yeah. you know it is it is serious and and fluffing over it is no longer helping it hasn't worked if it worked we wouldn't have the issue yeah and, selfies and, and makeup fix nothing right yeah you know we we we've fluffing over it hasn't worked and i understand the professionals are really stuck in a rock and a hard spot because there are legal implications for them to speak out and so it is up to the patients and people who are not held to those um uh legal standards to actually come out and talk but fairly and that's the problem is you're now seeing the splitting up of two sides you're seeing the splitting up between the conservatives and the liberal sides. You're seeing the splitting up of the Democratic and the Republic, right? Um, and that's why there's not enough of us in the middle that are coming out, and we have to, because I don't see any good coming in the... And we're not even talking in, like, 20, 30 years. We're talking, yeah. like, next year. <laughs> I, I don't so see... Yeah, we, we, that's why we got to start talking about this. And truthfully, truly somewhere in my mind yesterday was as, as I was mulling, like, what am I even going to, what do we want to talk about tomorrow? <laughs> the political spectrum came up because if you have a certain, like, if you have a certain viewpoint, you are, you have to label yourself in some sort of way on the political spectrum. And uh, like I never saw myself as somebody who was very political right but now as I grow and I get a voice and I start to say things well you have to be political in some way because politics is what that's what drives we've we've found out especially with the pandemic right um our leadership is very important because they make the call they make the choices for what the rest of our year is going to look like or what the rest of our whatever like our systems look like and we're we're having to rely more and more on systems i don't know where i'm going here but oh yes i do the connection between your mental health your political spectrum and whether or not you think you have to fall on the spectrum somewhere it's it, i see politics as maybe like a team sport and and i don't i don't know if that's the right way to go about it but um, if you think about here in Canada, we have Toronto Maple Leafs fans 
And Toronto Maple Leafs fans, oh my, are they diehard fans. And if you were to ask them to, put, to don a different jersey, well, boy, would you be asking them to change their whole person? And I think that is where the political spectrum falls when it comes to mental health, right? Because it, it's being seen today in today's society as very important to label yourself. Mm-hmm which is so strange and foreign to me as a person who avoids labels at all costs, you know? And when people, like, if you want to know about me, ask me about me, but don't expect me to put me in a box. Mm-hmm. And, and that plays on my mental health, right? Because, well, where am I on, on, on this whole grand scheme of where you're supposed to be? And that's a little weird. And, and then mental health and politics and spirituality start to come in together. And we don't, we don't like to talk in the medical sphere about things like spirituality and like what that means to people. And is it a part of a whole health wellness being? Is it a part of your mental health? And, and that's all very personal, right? And but it's things that we need to address because it is the most important thing. How can we be thinking and maybe that's it. We can't be thinking clearly. We can't be making our own decisions if we're all effed up in the head mentally. Yeah. I mean, if if there's going to be a, you know, massive, um, uh, like civil war or something like that. The problem is, is you have each side blaming the other one. Be like, well, it says you did this, you thought this. And the truth is, it's both of them, you know, and I, and that's why, again, I don't know where I'm going with that either. It's, <laughs> it's so hard because there's, there's so many, there's so many frustrations and it, it's, you and I were talking before we started recording about the fact that there's this ego and there's an ego on both sides. There's this ego. Number one, that if you are uneducated, then you're just not listened to. Um, and people use that now to be like, Oh, well, I mean, you see it in the comments on Facebook all the time what's your education, you know, and we're not saying that education isn't important. It is. Um, But as somebody as smart as Elon Musk has stated numerous occasions, you know, an education doesn't necessarily mean success. It just means that if they have had a history of success in their life before that, plus they have the education then there's a good predictive um, capabilities to state that they will continue to be successful. But their education isn't actually what makes them successful. Well, dear God, no. I'm like super highly educated. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm on the bottom rung of society. I think I really am. Um, I'm a I'm, um, poor, disabled, single mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm looked down upon that question of what do you do 
well, I try to take care of my health. I try to live every day I can. And I try to um, get past the barriers when I, when I come up to them, right? But to connect this whole idea of, of mental health being so important for our physical health, there's other reasons, right? And, and you, you talked about ego. <clears throat> well, how about let's talk about when a person walks into a doctor's office for a physical symptom that they know is going on mm-hmm. and they have this shadow of previous mental health diagnoses whether correct or not I'll tell you I got my labeled bipolar type 2 diagnoses that followed me still follows me at a walk-in clinic when I walked in in college saying that I was frustrated and experiencing snowballing fits of rage. Well, I'm sorry, what student with a full course load and a part-time job and an apartment they have to pay for is not going to experience some frustration, especially maybe if they have some unchecked, undiagnosed learning disabilities or ADHD. But, you know, don't investigate any further Mm -hmm. because you have to get paid and you're going to get you just write this script and off your patient goes and you know you know what you're talking about because you're a doctor and i've had i've had doctors um when i'm in there for a physical symptom tell me oh i'm very i'm very very sorry but um now i'm going to step outside so our audio might I have a delivery medicine. I apologize. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Um, I, uh, Kyla, you want to just remind me of where I was going? Oh, I walking in. Okay, walking in. I've got physical symptoms. I know what's been going on for weeks. I walk in and I say A and B is going on and I'm looked at and this has been a more than once experience. Well, you know, anxiety or mental health can sometimes, you know, lead us to believe that other things are going on or and then we have the the ever popular well, anxiety can bring on physical symptoms and so you know that, right? Of course, I know that. I'm the very first person to go, hey, I think there's something screwy going on with my mental health. Maybe I should talk to somebody. Like if they look at my medical records, they'll see that. It's, (sighs) yeah, the umbrella of mental health has got to go when it comes to physical health care. But the problem is, it's all one. Like if you're not well mentally, your body is going to take a toll. I have MS. And when I'm under stress, like the stress of knowing I have a physical thing going on that I can possibly get some help with, but I've walked into a doctor's office and they've just brushed me off because, well, maybe it's just your mental health because you have this disease of MS and so you're depressed and anxious and worried. 
that you're going to you're going to experience new disability or whatever that's the assumption there's always an assumption when you walk through the door if you have a previous ms diagnosis so that's even what that's one reason why it can be a barrier it's just a barrier to physical health let alone the fact that it physically stress physically causes things like inflammation in the body high levels of cortisol which we know are bad for us physically and if you have trauma let's add to that right complex ptsd from childhood trauma you are constantly in fight or flight there's all that cortisol uh you know i went somewhere and now i got i got to stop cuz i'm getting ranty but we need to fix some things yeah i mean you and i spoke about before we started recording about the fact that i would love to have the word psychosomatic um basically removed from terminology um, for persons out there who haven't been watching um, the diagnosis of being psychosomatic for as many years as I have about 20, 30 years ago, if you looked up the definition of psychosomatic, it basically was physical symptoms that were caused by your mental health. As they started learning in medicine more about how the body works with pain. And, and again, that lung gut brain axis, we're starting to learn about that. We're starting to learn about the fact that, um, good bacteria, if you don't have enough, um, will, what is that? Oh, sauerkraut. Is it homemade? homemade. Yeah. Homemade. It, Cause it can't be, it can't be bought because if it is these vinegar and as soon as you put in vinegar, it kills the bacteria. Yeah, so God, Kyla talked lunch. about yeah <laughs> Kyla's so, talking about gut health and I'm like yeah, it I'm has to be sauerkraut yeah it has yeah. to be homemade or organic or whatnot it cannot have vinegar in it or it kills no. the um kills the bacteria in the in the um, yeah. in the sauerkraut yeah. right so, so for all you people before I just ask Kyla to hold her thought so it's it's a five percent Two to two and a half to five percent salt brine salt. is all you need to lacto ferment vegetables. Try a tablespoon a day, you'll love it. Yep. Gut health, brain well, health, gut health. My kids don't <laughs> like it, but <laughs> I, I, I it doesn't have, it have to be sauerkraut. You can do you can try other things. There's lots of things to try. Look it up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go ahead, Kyla. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, so as they started discovering more and more that mental health isn't just mental they changed the definition. So now if you look up psychosomatic, they've added the fact that, um, you know, that the physical symptoms can be real. Um, but you know, it's in conjunction or somehow they have an effect on each other, which I agree with. But if you looked up the definition 20, 30 years ago, that's not what it stated. It was basically stating that the person was uh, mentally ill and basically their mental health was causing their physical symptoms. So they've tweaked it because, you know, they realized that they were wrong. And so I, I've stated this on numerous occasions on this podcast. I truly do not believe that the amount of people who are diagnosed as hypochondriacs are actually hypochondriacs. I, to me, most persons naturally and instinctively do the best they can with whatever they've been given. Um, even, even, even a psychopath uh, is probably trying the best that they can with what they've been given. So to sit there and think 
that all these patients, particularly women <coughs> coming in, are all psychosomatic. It was a term that was created and then it got blown out of proportion. And unfortunately for patients, it's been really, really hard getting through it due to that. And it's because they can't explain it. So if they can't explain it, again, there's that ego. Now the ego comes in. If I can't explain it, oh, then it must, be I... psychosom- must be psychosomatic. Okay, so can I share a personal story about this now? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. So the I you and I met through a chronic illness group about mast cell activation. I've stated before on actually I think the podcast dropped today how I I've been not been diagnosed yet um as for this this stuff now i went in and i talk about these physical symptoms i had a letter sent over. i got i got my hands on the letter that was sent over um asking for a referral for an immunologist and the letter literally said my patient is adamant that she's experiencing these symptoms and i've tried to discuss with her that anxiety can cause blah 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 okay but i didn't i didn't have that letter before i went to the appointment so I go to this appointment that I wait at least six months for, for an immunologist in my hometown. And I start to talk to her about, she says she's going to do a scratch test. I says, I've done scratch tests before. They all come back like as normal, but I have all these sensitivities, including contact dermatitis. I was already diagnosed with chronic urticaria, blah, blah, blah. Um, and oh, I, and I mentioned my hospitalization when I was young uh, at 13 for five days because of black mold exposure. And so I said, is there some sort of blood test? She rolled her eyes at me. Now, I used to joke that before I had an MS diagnosis, right, because it takes women like 10 years to get a diagnosis. Before I had an MS diagnosis, I got the doctor eye roll. And then after the MS diagnosis, now I get the doctor shoulder shrug, right? Like, well, you have MS, so it must be that. So I'm sitting in this immunologist's office telling her that something is going on with me and I'm having these allergic responses to everything. Can you do a blood test? She rolls her eyes at me and she says, you, I think you've been doing too much reading on the internet. That's not how this works. And I left there in tears because I was just asking for some help. Now, her letter tracking back to my nurse practitioner was, oh, patient was so emotional and confrontational. I was not confrontational. Let me tell you, you'll know it when I am, right? I'm a non-compliant patient. They get to see that right off the bat because I sometimes say, no, I don't want to take that medication because I have hypersensitivity, which they also roll their eyes at and then attribute to my mental health because somebody down the line said that they thought maybe I was having some anxiety. And the anxiety that it causes now going into doctor's appointments after having been through such trauma and always having doctors think that everything that you experience is bloody psychosomatic I don't know how many times it's written in my medical records, right? But the last hospital visit that I had, I was experiencing actual brain trauma, okay? In 2017, I would have been minutes before they had put me through an MRI tube. Now, because of the pandemic, everything was backed up weeks. 
So there was nothing they could really do. But the neurologist that saw me at the emergency room, I had to wait 12 hours to see this person. I was brought in by any by ambulance, dangling off the gurney, having to be tied up because I was experiencing upper limb paralysis and things like that. And 12 hours later, I had returned to, to my baseline. So he literally told me that he thought what I was experiencing was psychosomatic. Now I got the MRI later. It, it's a pseudo relapse. I knew exactly what it was. But I was a woman who was crying and saying, please help me at the hospital. And was told that I was just having a mental breakdown. You, I mean, to the listeners out there, you can't see the video. We don't know if we're actually going to ever post these videos. But um, in this video, you'll see that I'm now moving around quite a bit or was. And that happens to me when I'm starting to get body sensations of having flashbacks um, to what somebody is saying. See, Candace is going to start crying. Now I'm going to start crying. Um, Um. Now, we will not have time for this because the Zoom call will cut us off after an hour, but there's an overwhelming um, request when you look on forums to really discuss the mental abuse, and we're going to call it that. Yes. Because if it was done to us by anybody else, such as a spouse or a mother or a father or anyone else in our life, it would be counted as abuse. Absolutely. I don't know how many times I have said that if I was in a relationship with anybody else in my life, I would cut that relationship to save my mental health and my sanity. Yeah. But because we cannot diagnose ourselves or treat ourselves, you are forced to continuously go into the hospitals, go into the doctors until you receive a a proper diagnosis. That actual act causes PTSD. And so this has not been spoken about when you look up PTSD, it mostly talks about um, like somebody that's had a traumatic car accident when it's medical, they like to fluff over the fact that the actual trauma for majority of people or not majority, but many people uh, with, especially with chronic illness is the fact that the actual appointments cause PTSD. I have had attacks of PTSD while being in the presence of physicians, just due to the fact that they will say a particular sentence in a particular zone or tone, not zone, I zone out (laughs) particular Mm -hmm. tone. And then I start to zone out. And then that's when they will start to write down that you have mental health problems. But the issue is that it's there, it's the, they're talking. It's what they're saying. It is their actions that is actually causing me to have a PTSD attack. And then they start to write down that it's due to mental health. And this is how this continuously never gets fucking fixed. And that is, again, why I refuse to um, fluff (coughs) over what has happened in the healthcare industry. That is why this is a patients for patients Um, podcast, because we're saying this is over. 